0: All right, guys, we're going to be trying on a couple concepts together here this episode. So I've been reading, or I just finished, actually, The Lucifer Effect by Dr. Zimbardo. Really good book. And it's very—it's really been triggering some interesting ideas in my head for sure. So I'm not going to go into a book review in this episode. I am going to talk about some of the topics that he gets into, though. I'm also going to be taking us back to one of my first episodes, which is Pluristic Ignorance, which I still can't say without slowing down. Now... The concept is actually really important. So we're going to be talking about it a little bit. So let me first start with the short story. Um, I was sitting in the coffee shop the other week working on my last episode. And out of nowhere, there's this massive car accident out on the road right outside. Now, there's this god-awful sound of tearing metal and squealing tires and shattering glass and all that other good stuff. So I look up and I see an SUV being lifted up into the air by a Civic that had smashed into it. And the smaller car was lodged underneath the back where the rear tire used to be. And as the tire is flying 50 feet down the road, the two cars are kind of spinning in this like course group. And the Civic eventually like detaches and skids down to a stop down the road. So what happens next? Well, obviously, everybody runs to the window and starts staring, of course. So traffic stops. Everybody's in shock. Nobody knows what to do. So immediately, there's a couple of things that come to mind for me. The first is the concept of floristic ignorance. Now, the second is conformity. So the last is my four years of training in the Marine Corps infantry so I don't really know why my research into psychology took precedence over that training I would have liked to believe that I would be like a little bit quicker to respond but it didn't so as soon as this happened instead of jumping up to help I'm sitting there thinking about like the psychological the the social dynamic factors that are taking place right there so I'm watching everybody else stand there and I'm realizing that these group dynamics are playing out and the the concepts are flashing through my mind And when people don't know what to do, they look to each other for guidance, okay? When nobody really knows what to do, though, in a severe accident like that, um, what they do is they look around to everybody else because they figure somebody must know. You know, if there's a lot of people, somebody has to have the answer. So we look and say, what are they doing? You know, the problem is that when all of these people are looking at you the same way and you're looking at them the same way, everybody's just kind of looking around at each other thinking that the other person isn't doing anything because they shouldn't be doing anything. So they assume, okay, well, I guess we don't do anything to help because like, nobody else is. So so they must know something that I don't. The reality is that they're looking to you for the same thing. Everybody has that deer in the headlights effect, okay? So people keep driving by or they keep standing around because that's what we're all doing. So I've been in a couple major accidents before, unfortunately. And uh, the last one almost killed me, actually. And I was really upset because nobody stopped to help me, and I genuinely needed help at the time. I really could, but I, I couldn't even black anybody down. They just kept speeding by as I'm literally stumbling, stumbling down the street and um, trying to find service, and, like, nobody even slowed down for me. So the reason is not because people don't care. They just they don't know what to do. Like, they, it freaks them out, and they're like, this is a new situation. People exist on autopilot. They live on these programs. They're not, like – We don't go around thinking throughout the day. So when we do see an accident, when we do see something that's like causes us to think, we typically just kind of go about our business because it's like that doesn't fall into the normal course of events. So they look around to see what other people are doing. And, you know, those people aren't helping either. So we keep going. And I knew this. So thankfully, like you all probably know by now, um, I do have a little bit of experience in life or death situations. But even so, I found myself struggling with that uncertainty and that confusion. You know, what should I do? Like, should I go help? I don't know what the hell to do. Like, if somebody's, like, actually dying, like, I'm not any better off than anybody else here. And in hindsight, it seems kind of obvious, but in the heat of the moment, it's difficult to get to that point. So, what I did know is that I had some basic trauma care ability. And more important, if I got other people um, to follow me, you know, that would break the spell of uncertainty. And maybe somebody else would have more knowledge than I did. And they were just too scared to get, like, to, to take that first step. So, once the one person goes to help, other people will usually follow behind because they're looking to others for guidance after all. So, I eventually, like, kind of snapped out of it. I went outside. I opened the door of the closest car and started doing what I could to help. Now, the airbags had definitely saved their lives without a doubt. So thankfully, nobody was seriously hurt. But um, I looked at someone. I told them, you know, go call the ambulance. uh, Went to the next car. And, you know, sure enough, as soon as I was out there, a bunch of other people followed me. Okay. And, again, like nobody really knew what to do. But everybody kind of cared and wanted to help and wanted to be a part of it and wanted to do what they could. Um, So we kind of just got everybody taken care of. We got them out of the car. We got traffic moving again. Um, and we just kind of took care of them until first responders showed up and everybody was okay. So it was a nightmare, but there were a lot of concerned citizens that were ready to do whatever they could. It was actually really touching because like a lot of people came out to help. Um, you know, somebody cut the airbags out so that the couple in the SUV could get out, get some breathing room. Somebody else helped the guy in the Civic settle down. Uh, I managed to get the traffic moving again so that the ambulance could make its way down to us. And we all just kind of, pitched in and do whatever we could. Now, the reason I'm telling you this story is to Ill- illustrate the fact that humans are essentially herd animals, whether we want to admit that or not. We're very social, and we look to one another for direction and for authority. And that's very important to understand in this day and age. The mob rule is a very scary thought, but it's true. So the work of Dr. Zimbardo, it makes it it really makes you stop and think about just how easy it is to get swept up in group dynamics. And the whole point of his book is about how situational factors can cause normally good people to turn into monsters and to commit these horrible atrocities. And we like to think that, for example, the guards at Auschwitz, gang members, and the cops who have brutalized innocent people, that they're all kind of cut from a different cloth, that they're fundamentally just different, and they have a certain capacity for evil that we lack. And the reality is that good and evil is kind of a sliding scale. And The full potential of that spectrum exists inside every single one of us. So how do mass murderers relate to car accidents? Well, it's simple. One of the things that allows these atrocities to be committed in the first place is the silence of people who disagree. It's that evil by omission. And, um, you know, I was a bouncer for a good while. It's a pretty, it's a pretty sketchy places and never have I once seen a mass brawl just start out of nowhere. It always escalates very slowly. Somebody is usually instigating everything, but they're constantly looking to other people for either approval or disapproval. And if they don't feel like they're getting support or if people are actively trying to discourage them, they usually don't keep going. There, there are some exceptions, but in general, any like large scale fight, like it escalates because their friends don't do anything to stop it. The, the authority figures in that environment, they don't do anything to stop it. And in the military, I saw some of these, um, some firsthand instances of severe hazing and just, you know, straight up abuse, but somebody always seems to be a little bit more creatively and they like to push the envelope a little further and further, but there's a really important dynamic to keep in mind. Those people are constantly looking to the group for, for direction. So the group typically doesn't really voice disagreement, though, and that's where the issue comes in. We tend to differ um Or excuse me, we tend to defer to whoever we see as an authority figure, which by default is usually whoever is confident enough to step out from the crowd and start giving those orders. Now, most people may not agree with the way things are going, but if no one says anything, then the troublemakers typically take that as acceptance. And so silence is consent. Now, the silence and obedience of the group is one of the things that allows true evil to develop and manifest, and everyone is just basically too scared to speak up because they feel like they're going against popular opinion. They assume that since everybody else is keeping quiet, that they must be okay with things. So if you remember the episode that I did on conformity, most people will go along with what they agree with even if everybody else is doing it. We like to think that we won't, but statistics don't lie. So these social currents are very powerful forces of nature that carry us away, whether we want to admit that or not. And it's impossible to know exactly how we'll respond to these situations until we're in them. Now, the flip side of that is as as soon as somebody else does go against the grain, everybody around them is empowered to stand up for, they, for what they want to believe in. So the moral of the story is to not be afraid to step up and to do what you think is right. If you disagree with the way that things are going, say something everybody might feel the same and they just need somebody else to make that first move. And once you get the ball rolling, you might be surprised how many people join you. You might not even have to do any real work. People might just kind of overwhelm you with like their support. And like, I was really touched by how many people came out there to help me with the accident. They really cared and they, they wanted to do what they could, even though nobody <laughs> knew what the hell to do. So that's why I went out there at first to be totally transparent. Like it was, I was just as lost and i never helped with an accident before, and I was not confident that I would be able to do anything. I was betting on the power of pluralistic ignorance. So I figured that if I could break that trance of uncertainty, it would empower other people to join in, and that somebody might actually be able to help, which I did, or they did. Um, In reality, though, after I checked on everyone and made sure that the ambulance was on the way, I did very little other than direct the traffic But the other people that came out afterwards, they did a lot to help those people. And that's okay. Like, as a group, it was honestly, like I said, very touching how much support they got because everybody wanted to do whatever they could. So people want to do what's right most of the time. We just – we have a hard time standing up against the pressures of our environment. So there's a lot of situations that we're faced with that cause us to commit these sins of omission. So – Don't be afraid to stand up for what you believe in. You'll attract support once you take that first step. You just have to actually get out there and take that first step. So as always, guys, thank you for listening. Good luck.